Imagine being with Jesus this day. And he kind of sets out a job description for what it looks like to be one of his followers. And imagine he says, okay, you're going to be persecuted. Many people are going to hate you. Your family may turn you over to the authorities. And oh yeah, some of you might die along the way. Who's ready to sign up? And yet, so many did and so many have. Why would people follow this man if it leads to suffering? Because he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he promises that not a hair of our head will be destroyed. And it may sound contradictory because he says, some of you are going to be persecuted and killed because of my name. How can he say not a hair of our head will be destroyed? He's talking eternally. You know, some people may be able to take our our earthly life, but nobody can take our soul from us because it belongs to God. And he says at the end of this gospel, by your perseverance, you will secure your lives. If we stay faithful to him, our future is secure. How does this gospel start? So just imagine again, you're with Jesus. So his followers are all from the Galilean region. So they're, they're kind of known to be, you know, country boys. And they're going into the city in Jerusalem. And this temple is magnificent. It's one of the wonders of the world of its time. And you can imagine the awe and wonder of seeing this temple. It would be like us today going to Rome and seeing St. Peter's Basilica for the first time. If you've ever been there, you know, it's just awe-inspiring, the size and the beauty of the place. And as they're walking around, Jesus says, you see all of this? It's going to be destroyed. And I will rebuild it in three days. And they're probably thinking, what are you talking about? It took over 100 years to build this temple. It took over 100 years, I think, to build St. Peter's Basilica. But we know 2,000 years later, Jesus was talking about his own body, that his own body would be the temple, and that they're going to destroy this body, but in three days, it will be resurrected. In these last couple of weeks, we we start to think about the apocalypse, which it sounds like, uh, you know, the end times and wars and, and insurrections, but the word apocalypse actually comes from the Latin word apocalypsis, which means to unveil. Or you can look at an unveiling like this. That's where we get the English word revelation. The book of Revelation is an unveiling of something brand new. And we know as followers of Christ that what was unveiled, what, was Je- what Jesus was about to do shortly after he told the, his disciples this, was that he was going to be killed and rise from the dead. Do we believe that that's true? Because if we do, it should change everything. I'm not just talking about a couple parts of our lives, but it should change absolutely everything. We should be so convinced of the truth of his death and resurrection that we want everybody to know about it. That's what happened to his, to his apostles. They all went out and gave their lives because they saw him alive 
They saw him dead, and then they saw him alive again. And so they asked Jesus, what are the signs that we're going to know that this is going to happen? And he starts to talk about different signs. The first one he says is, there's going to be false prophets. There's going to be people say that I'm the the Messiah. He says, don't believe them. Don't run after them. And we see that literally today, don't we? We see some televangelists and, you know, people say, that's the one I want to follow. Or sometimes we might even do it with a priest. Don't do that. No priest, no televangelist is the Messiah. If we're not pointing people to Jesus, we're not doing our job. But it's not just priests and televangelists, but it's things of this world that are calling for our attention to say, if you just have this, you'll be happy. If I just buy this, I'll be happy. And as we head into, you know, we see all of the Christmas stuff happening already, you're going to see it on every commercial. If you get this shiny new thing, you and your family will find happiness. And it's a lie. (laughs) Jesus is the only way, truth and life, the one that gives us true happiness. The second sign, he says, is there's going to be wars and insurrections. Do we see that going on around us? We do. I remember my, my grandmother, God rest her soul, wonderful, faithful woman. She was Baptist. And whenever she'd watch the news or read the newspaper, she got all flustered because she thought the end is near and, you know, the world's going to end tomorrow. I said, Grandma, even if it does, you're ready. So don't worry about it. That should be our motivation every day of our lives to say, if the world were to end today, or if God were to call me today, am I ready to go face to face with him? If not, he's saying, put your life in order. What is my priority? If Jesus isn't at the center, something is is out of order. And the third thing he talks about are earthquakes, famines, and plagues. Have we seen this? We have. But I want to talk about spiritually, let's look at earthquakes. First of all, any of you remember the 1989 World Series? I think it was 89. It was San Francisco Giants and Oakland A's. There was that earthquake before one of the games, and you know everything was stopped. Roads collapsed, buildings collapsed, and it was, it was devastating. And in the, in the days afterward, many people returned to their homes and businesses, and the buildings looked, you know, from the outside that they were, they were strong. But as the, the engineers got in there and they saw the earthquake shook the foundation, and they had to destroy many buildings that looked from the outside that they were good. In the spiritual life, what Jesus is unveiling to us should shake our foundations. I remember my life before I encountered Jesus, and I thought, man, if I just become that millionaire baseball player, then I'll be happy. Or if I just marry this person and have a big family, then I'll be happy. Jesus, his earthquake rocked my world, shook my foundation, and I realized that everything that I thought was true was not. And what I was looking for is him. Has the Lord rocked your foundation? Has his earthquake, you know, shook your foundation? 
I used to think this was just a, a piece of bread and wine that would come from this altar. And now I know that this is, this is heaven meeting earth. This is truly his body, blood, soul, and divinity. And so my brothers and sisters, there's a spiritual battle going on in this world. There's a battle for our souls. I remember thinking it was in, that Jesus and the devil were equal and opposing forces until I studied theology and realized, you know, the devil is, is just a, a fallen angel. A devil is a creation of God. Jesus is the Son of God. The devil's down here. Bishop Barron used to tell us that the devil's like an annoying chihuahua in our lives. <laughs> a chihuahua is always nipping at your heels, but a swift kick and it's gone. Not that we should take the devil lightly, but what he, what he says is, if we stay close to Jesus, the devil has no place to enter in. And so, my friends, the Lord is unveiling himself to us. Remember when, when he died, what happened in the temple? The curtain was torn down the middle as if to say, we don't need that Holy of Holies, that place where the Ark of the Covenant was in the temple anymore, because the new temple has just been, you know, offered himself on, on the altar of the cross. And now the one and the place that we're to worship is here at his feet. And that's what we do at Mass every day, every week. We come before this altar and we go back to Calvary. We kneel at the foot of the cross where Jesus offered himself and listen to the prayers of consecration like as if they were brand new. Let the Lord unveil himself to you to say, this is my body broken and given for you. This is my blood poured out for you. We can't be neutral in the sight of this kind of love. But the world is neutral. And I think the Lord wants to have an earthquake to shake us to say, this is not a game. This isn't something that we should just go back to our comfortable lives as if everything were fine. There's a problem, and Jesus is the answer. What is my response to him? Will I go on with my life as if nothing ever happened? Or will I let this unveiling rock my world? Will I persevere to the end as he calls us to be? Because if we do, he says, you're going to be fine. Not a hair of your head will be destroyed because we'll live with him forever and eternity. And there's nothing that compares with that.